When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The podcast you are listening to of Holmberg's Morning Sickness is brought to you by my friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Trust me on this one. You've had barbecue before. But you haven't had it this good. Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Eric'sFamilyBBQ.com. There's only one Eric's Family Barbecue location in Arizona. That's right, just one. It's in Avondale, and it's worth the drive over and over again. Barbecue restaurants that have several locations usually cut their quality for expansion. Not Eric's Family Barbecue. Eric serves Texas-style barbecue that never disappoints, always delicious, never rushed, and prepared to perfection. Now, we know brisket is king, but have you tried their pulled pork with coleslaw? It's a match made in heaven. Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Go to ericsfamilybbq.com for more information. Holmberg's Morning Sickness. The old method of treatment for a person in this condition was to throw him in jail. Good morning, everybody. Hello there. Welcome to Thursday. It is 545. My name's John Holmberg. There's Brady Bogan, Brett Vesley, Big Dick Toledo. This is the Morning Sickness, and we're off and running. Ready for yet another perfect day here in paradise. Another great one yesterday. Uh, we're going to get some heat. We're getting screwed, boys, on the heat stroke open. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's going uh, to be a gonna be really day. nice out. It's going to be a perfect day. We keep doing that. I was watching uh, uh, that Paul Horton between donuts the other day doing yeah. uh, weather. Not my donuts. He was between donuts, clearly, because that guy's yeah, yeah. putting it on. Uh, and uh, he was talking about uh, records. And it's like, well, a record in 2014. I think it was like the year before we started this thing, 118 degrees this week, 114. I'm like, these giant temperatures, 112. I'm like, that's why we did this. We were like, let's let's find a, a time in the summer where it's almost always humid and hot, like 108 and gummy, and we'll have the heat stroke open. It'll be great. And people, We haven't had a day where it's gone over 104, and it was so breezy that day that a monsoon rolled in and cooled everyone off. It was, it's it's been we amazing. We got the gummy part. Yeah. Oh, we've had Just gummy, get, get but it's heat. never been like, su- like suck gummy. It's yeah. never been like, oh, this is a bad one. It's hot, but it's nothing like what we wanted. So we might have to move the heat stroke open up into late June, early July next year because I need we need people dropping for crying out loud. The good news is I read the other day that there are, uh, the majority of heat-related illnesses or uh, dropouts are uh, in the high 90s because people get like, eh, it's not that bad. I'll be active. And they get a little more active. They have a little more stuff going on. So we can only hope that a few of our listeners just drop out anyway on uh, Saturday, but it's going to be fun. There will be some some fun had, that is for sure. And we were talking about Brett's uh, – I like your hitman hole a lot. You've, you've <laughs> got uh, – there's actual uh, weaponry on uh, Brett's yes. hole, and it's – It's going to be nice. And you get to shoot at a guy. Beautiful thing. It's, a, it's the hitman hole. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have fun out there. I want to say real quick, good morning to all the suckers who paid their bills out there, and congratulations to all the folks who didn't pay their bills and got away with it. Uh, yesterday at about, uh, I guess it was probably 11.30, maybe a little later than that, uh, I had uh, one of our coworkers come in. Uh, I don't have to pay my student loan doing a little dance. And I'm like, all right. I didn't know it passed today. It's like, yeah, oh, it's great. And I'm like, all right, good for you. That's great. Told me the story. I'm like, that sucks. You kind of got rooked by the whole process. 
leaves. Five minutes later, I get someone else in there going, well, I'm an idiot. Why? I paid, you know, $63,000 in student loans like a diligent little payer, and I got it done. Like, no kidding. Why did you have $63,000 in student loans? Uh, long story, yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. When's the mortgage forgiveness going in? Because I want, I want right. that to happen. Why am I paying right for around the corner, my friends. Yeah. <laughs> somebody, I told somebody, because like, I'm, and that's the fun thing about uh, kind of being a guy who doesn't care anymore. I'm here for the laughs. I didn't care either way. Good for the person who got their bills paid. You rooked the system. I like that. Uh, the person who did pay, nah, you're a good, decent human being who did it the right way. I'm proud of you. The only and, thing uh, that sucker take pride in yourself. You are a sucker now. You were made a sucker. Yes, You're not a sucker. That's true. You were that's made true. A yeah, sucker. that's different. Right? The only reason that I'm, uh, you know, care a little bit is they didn't really describe how you know who's paying for that. How's that oh, being yeah, paid? No, don't, don't worry about that. Don't, don't, that don't worry about that. We right. won't even meet those. That's people. where I have a beef. You, you, you don't have a beef. Don't worry about it. You don't know what you're paying for with your taxes, and that's three exactly. generations removed. This is going to get paid for by grandchildren and great grandchildren if we're still a, a place. So don't worry about it. No, hey, we won't fine. have to worry about that. Nah, Our family ain't going to have to worry about it. I do hate the idea of saying, hey, I saw Brady's wallet is full of money. And Brett was telling me he's got debt. And uh, since it's uh, the Holmberg's morning sickness, I kind of, uh, I'm going to go ahead and reach into Brady's wallet and pay off some of Brett's debt. Thanks, buddy. That's called theft yeah. if I do that. Yeah. But when the government does it, it's called relief. So it's Biden's just, like yeah. Robin Hood now? Well, no, Robin Hood at least announced what he was doing. It's like, <laughs> I'm stealing from them and giving to them. You know, At least Robin Hood had the decency to say, yeah, he I steal. <laughs> I steal the money from the rich people. Take from them, give to them. He doesn't call it relief or a program. I call it theft. It, on the streets, that's called theft. I, I took from a person who had a lot and gave to someone who had a little. It's called theft when we do it. The yeah, universities nice. have, uh, I guess, way too much juice in order to say, you know, why couldn't you go – to the universities and say, yeah, ha- look at the tuition since 1980. You know, yeah. gone through the roof, crazy. We're gonna, at the government's gonna clip a, what you can charge yeah. on a like education. They, yeah, I don't like that phrase. The government's gonna in any situation, but you know who well, should be. Well, if they be, were gonna clip anything, well, they shouldn't be touching it. But that you're right. If they're gonna take anything, they're like you shouldn't charge that much. But they can do whatever they want. They're especially the private schools. Yeah. Do what you want. Uh, the people that should be wandering towards the government doing the 1980s slow clap right now is the mafia because what's going on is the fact that not only did they say ah these loans were horrible we can't believe you guys got these we're going to help you out with that and you can still get one the exact same loans are still on play like you can still go like kids going to school now can get the exact same loan that they said was impossible to pay off and not fair you can still get them so they're still they're starting another generation why would you pay it well that's the thing um that's interesting because people Crazy. are throwing that part out. Oh, if I were um, getting ready to go to college right now, I would take all the loans yeah. I could. I'm like, oh, no decent person's going to do that because they know this could cripple me if they don't. They're not going to forgive, right. you know. But guess what they are, are going to do? Because this is just a little touch. Because this, 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 is, this is, I mean, the football season starts in a week, but the political one started in a big way yesterday. Yeah. Uh, when they're like, we'll take 10 grand off the top. That's what this was. That's all it was. Yeah. And then and they're like, ooh, the Democrats love us. And then guess what? During, while well, we see them all running, like, I'm going to fight for another 10 grand. And they're like, oh, man. So now you're like, oh, we're going to get all sorts. It, it, promising freebies is what uh, bad car dealerships do. And that's ex- that's essentially all. Po- and I'm not blaming the left or the right. This is the, look. It's all a, a horrible game. 
and where where the pawns in it. But again, just think of it that way. If I wandered over, just because I'm you know got my name on it, so technically mine, I can take from the guy who I see has a lot in my little realm and give to the guy who is in debt. Like I'm going to take from you and put it in Toledo's 401k. He's got a bad. You got a good one. He's got a bad one. I'm going to help out, and that's a relief program for him. What's it for you? You can afford it. Yeah, that's garbage, and it's you know. But yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, all you folks that are happy about that, pat your grandkids on the head because they're the ones that'll be paying for. It. Somebody pays for it, and nothing's free. And it's uh, you know it's terrible. There but- is a for someone that still has uh, an amount that they owe on the student sure. loans instead of the mandatory ten percent of your income. That's uh, going. They that's changed to five yeah. percent. So there's oh. and some of the people were saying, um, some of these guys were saying, really for paying off the debt, it was a hundred bucks a month for a lot of yeah. people. So it wasn't like a crippling well, amount. But they but take that's it. Still, yeah, because the girl uh, we were talking yesterday, the one that had her her student loan that was beating her up, didn't graduate, and that's the worst part. And I'm like, you didn't even graduate. She goes, no. That's the worst part of it all. I don't even have anything to show for it. And then uh, at the end of it all. Uh, was paying like the minimum and was watching it grow because they were like, you can pay this. And then they just take it from her check. And so she yeah, got, 10%. Yeah, it's like brutal. So they took that. It was just, it's just, a, yeah, it was just evil. Well, get it, this. The, whole, the we, whole thing is evil. We talked about this before you with the credit card when you first got oh, it and you and paid the minimum. Yeah. I mean, that's how you learn. How old is this person? They should have known better. Come on. You think that that's true. But yeah, now you're like 30. You're an adult. You're 33 now. And you're, you're like, an adult. I did this when I was 12, but it can follow you around. I mean, you do something when you're 18. That, that Zales card they gave me when I was 19, or I was 20, and uh, I was with my girlfriend. This is the worst day ever for me as far as being a dummy. I walked into the Zales at Fiesta Mall with my girlfriend uh, on her, the girl I wrote the book about her, <laughs> well, the, she vagina poems. Yes. And, uh, but she didn't get those yet. Those were breakup vagina poems. It's out there somewhere. It's floating. <laughs> it's, God, I hope it's in a landfill. Anyway, so uh, the vagina poem girl and I went into the Zales, and she really liked the thing, and it was six hundred and thirty-six dollars for those chocolate diamonds. No, it was a beautiful ring, and I'm like, that's nice. I like that. And the and the salesman saw me with that big, you know, I just started to grow giant ears and a tail. Oh, oh, oh! This jackass is in. We've got him. It's like you know, we have a program. It's ten dollars a month if you're interested. I'm like, and that just he saw my eyes light up. I'm like, okay. I can't buy it in front of her. That's got to be a surprise. I'm like, all right, we're going to go. Next day, I roll back in there. There he is. And I'm like, you know, I'm interested in your $10 a month program. That seems pretty great. For the rest of your life. I didn't know that. (laughs) So sure enough, oh, I qualified for $680. Oh, what a, just enough to get the thing we were looking at. Oh, and that's (laughs) with taxes. And he shaved off a little to get it under that. So it was just because I spied, I got the card, too. So I signed up. I got a little discount. So it was right around the price uh, marked was what I paid. I go, get the thing. I hand over the ring. I am king of the world. It's BJ's and Choco Tacos for a couple of weeks. Uh, first bill shows up. Scratch that check from uh, the bank there. Whoosh, fire it right on out. $10.83. Good night, nurse. I am a bill-paying American. Next bill shows up. I'm like, hold on a tick. Uh, I owe $670. What happened? It's $40 more than I paid. All right, $10 should cover most of what we're uh, discrepancy here. It must have been a uh, fire up. Next, uh, next bill shows up a month later. It's $702. I'm like, well, that's not right. Keep going I up. keep paying my bill. Here's $10.83. And out the mail it goes. Within a year, 
I was almost up to $1,800 on that thing. And I didn't know how it oh. worked, but there was like some compound. I still don't understand it. Compounded interest on top of a thing. God forbid I missed one of the $10 payments because then it like tripled something. And I missed a couple. And next thing you know, I'm at $1,800 for a $600 ring. And it ain't going down anytime soon. There was no cap. I had a cap on spending. They didn't have a cap on charging. And I'm staring at that like, this is going to, this is my forever. Yeah. Because I also got a bill from Discover that was maxed out and a Sears that was maxed out because they gave an idiot credit cards. Now, who's to blame for that? This guy right here. Yeah. And that's the difference between somebody who wants to blame the system and I took full, and then I did that tail tucked walk back to my mom. I got something going on you need to know about. You didn't want to tell Dad. Huh? Oh, oh, no. I waited until Dad was commuting. Dad was flying back and forth to Reno at the time. So I had Monday through Friday to talk to Mom about stuff. And, and worst case scenario, she calls Dad on the phone, and I just hear, on the phone. And then Friday would come around, and I could just escape for a couple of days. Uh, maybe stay at that girl's house with that ex- exorbitantly expensive $600 ring. With the albatross right. around her <laughs> yeah. neck. But my mom was kind enough to say, your dad's going to kill you. I'm like, I know. I'm going to help you, but you're going to do this, that. So I sold some of my stuff. She made me sell some of my you know, stuff. Like I had a guitar I never played that was really – they bought that too. They bought a nylon string classical guitar because I just had to have that. At one point I'm like, when I was a little kid, I'm like, I don't play guitar and I want that. And my mom actually bought it from me, which was sweet, and then sold it herself for a higher price, I hope. Uh, yeah, so I, you know, I was forced to pay a price, uh, but the bank of mom got me out of that interest problem. But again, lesson learned. And the biggest lesson I learned was they're not bad. I'm susceptible to being a real dumb person. Like, I, I wander around this earth going, I'll do that. Like, I'm an idiot. So I had to worry that I will be a mark. And that was what I learned. I didn't learn that credit card companies and insurance and all, that, all these people are coming to get me. I'll just get another credit card. I learned I'm an idiot. But imagine how many people just run up 10 cards. Right. And it is a, a mindset. It's the difference between learning that you're the dummy and uh, they're just cruel, faceless, gray rock business. Uh, you can't really blame them because they're just going, dummies will do it. We're going to let we, – we're not doing IQ tests. Yeah. It's up to you to know if you're stupid or not. And it's the best lesson I ever learned. I am sort of stupid. And when it comes to math, I'm a complete moron. You can take the un off of tarted. I am re. I'm going backwards. I am – the prefix for that is re. I am not smart when it comes to math. So I do the best I can to make sure that I don't get myself into too many binds. Because I am susceptible to it. So that's a life lesson that you learn. Am I smart or dumb? My dad always told me that a smart man is someone who knows uh, the things he is not capable of. Brilliant. And it's so true. So go ahead and get that credit card and blame which the, is, blame the credit card company because it isn't. Tough to find out sometimes. Oh, you find out the hard way every yeah. time. That's what dumb people do. Smart people don't find out they're, they've made mistakes by doing them. Smart people go, oh, what are the ramifications of these decisions? A dumb guy goes, that ring looks nice. She's going to like that. I'm getting blown. <laughs> and again, uh, the real person to blame was not the credit company. It was not the people at Zales in 1995, four, whatever. Uh, it wasn't, wasn't even me. It was that whore in her vagina pushing me around with it. I mean, I was getting manipulated in a huge way by the first uh, steady vagina I'd had uh, in my life. It was, and it was good stuff. Like, she looked great. <laughs> I mean, she was 19, for God's sakes. This was amazing. 
See, you paid for it even way back I, when. You're always paying for it. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. Not only did you learn about credit, yeah. you learned about the vag. Yeah. Oh, and the reason why timeshare people are so attractive is because they still think, and they're, and they're preying on people in their 50s who are looking at this 22-year-old dummy. It's for me to get a couple of weeks off. All uh, I got to do is tell this little ass that I make a ton of money. I can afford this. I learned that. at the And again, Zales taught me that. And that vagina is timeshares are a great weekend. And all you got to do is sit through that thing for an hour. Uh, All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAP Podcast. Dot com. Uh, my dad's, I, we were in Palm Springs. It was an awesome golf. We gave us three 18-hole uh, courses to play. Thanksgiving, four days. We got to play golf all the time. We're playing golf every day. We just sit through this meeting. And I knew the difference of, uh, okay, uh, you get. I had a guy, so it didn't bother me at all. And he said, how much do you make a year? And I'm, Is it uh, this, 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 or this? And I'm like, under 18000 Oh. Tune changed, didn't want to deal with me, get him out of the chair. My dad, of course, had the hot 25-year-old blonde sales girl, and he's sitting there with his arm. I see. I looked at him, and he's at the table, and I'm like, how much did you tell him you made? Well, I, t- I told him what I make. I mean, they had the over 200 box. I checked that. I'm like, well, of course, you're going to be here all day, by the way. <laughs> you're never leaving. They're going to get you into another room. Oh, no, no, no. I'll tell them I don't want it. That doesn't matter. You're a mark. See ya. I'm going to go golf again. And sure enough, I left alone. And uh, started to go out to the range and stuff like that. And in beautiful Palm Springs, uh, November. And he comes back three hours later. You were right. Jesus Christ. They're relentless. And I'm like, you told them you made them money. Like, you, I've got tons of it. And then you wanted to impress the hot girl. Who you weren't even going to have a shot with. I don't know. But I, look, I didn't know they were I'm like, you're an idiot. And then I barked at him and it felt great. Because that's something he would have told me years prior. But yeah, always tell people you don't make any money on those. You're not obligated to tell the truth when those companies say, what's your income? That's just to see. Are you a mark or not? What's your in- you're under eighteen thousand? Are you interested in our financing? Absolutely not. They're just gonna. You're gone. I've I've never sat through a timeshare for more than ten minutes. And by the way, I bought one. It was a you finally the yeah. really good one. And then they got bought out, which I didn't know was the scam because I am an idiot. I got one that was a you buy into a travel agency. The first year was the greatest We've got year thousands ever. of destinations. They did. It was amazing. And I tested it the first weekend. I stayed in a house in Chicago, downtown. Nothing. Like, this is great. Checked it out a couple more times. I got these apartments. I got this. All of them were nice. And then I got a letter that says, we've been sold to a typical timeshare. All the things we promised you are no longer. And then if you look on page 930, uh, all the things we told you are now moot because the new company's rules took over and you signed that. And I'm like, I did. Oh, <laughs> boo. How long are you locked into those timeshares? Uh, the word uh, timeshare was where I learned the word in perpetuity, which means forever. <laughs> and it's you can pass it on to somebody. Like when you die, That's the best which, thing about when it, you, you die, leave it to your family. Yeah, when you die, it doesn't. Oh. <laughs> it's crazy. It's like, well, somebody's still got to pay the fees. Uh, it was bad, but at the first year and a half, I'm like, this is the new way to go. They had you. It was a great sales pitch. That's why all those commercials say, "Did you get lied to at your timeshare thing?" Because yeah. it was a flat get you out of it, out and out lie. 
And then those things are bad. And I've also fallen for that. Send us $1,200 to get out of that timeshare. Okay. <laughs> Scratch a check. Off we go. Never heard from him again. I'm like, what happened to the... We put an ad in the paper. Nobody wanted it. God damn it. I could have done that. But yeah, you learn the hard way by doing dumb stuff. I'm, I'm plenty guilty of that. But you know who I've never blamed? Uh, the timeshare guy. The people who sold me the thing. Because at the time, I, I would do that again today with what they pitched me. It was outstanding. And after the first 12 months, we're like, we've made the greatest deal of our lives. This is amazing. And worst case, uh, you don't finance it. Uh, and so you just pay it up front so you don't have all that percent. You feel a little better about it that way. But man, oh man. I'm bouncing around going to any city I want, all this stuff. And like, this is fun. And then I realized, I don't travel. I don't like it. <laughs> what did I do this for? So were you able to get out of it eventually? Oh, no, or? I still have it. Oh, and and you, know the, you know what's good about it? This is the good thing. Uh, when we have guests... Uh, there's three places here in town that are actually nice uh-huh. that I just we can just put them up. Oh no, no house guest. Never have a house oh, guest. Again. Amazing. Yeah. I've used it like four times for that. My dad was coming in September, and he's like, "We're just going to stay at your sister's." And I'm like, "Oh, that's so uncomfortable because your ex-wife lives there, you know." My that's mom, right. and he's like, uh, yeah, "Yeah, they're fine with it." And I'm like, "I don't know what they are." So I offered up the timeshare, and uh, it would have been great. And he's like, "Ah, we're still going to stay over there." He got roped into it, huh? He's kind of stuck. Yeah. <laughs> But it works great. That's the only good thing about that. I, I've been. I'm, look, I'm no idiot. I'm no genius. I'm an idiot, just like anybody else. And I understand people will email me. Oh, if you don't have any money, it's not fair to get. You know. Yeah. Well, I've been that guy too. So we've all been that guy. You it's, know, there's going to be mistakes. You just hope it doesn't get. You hope it doesn't fall super forever. Expensive, yeah. Right. You hope you can dig out of it. But that's the deal. And the last thing I want to do is have. I just hate uh, all government stuff like that. So anybody, I, I would. I, you know, I, this sounds really, you know, high and mighty, but I think even if someone did pay my loan, I would do like, the, you know, that moment in Cinderella Man where uh, 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 he takes the money that he's earned, like he got his unemployment money back and he took it, he paid them back. He's like, I don't want to owe anybody. And he didn't have to. And he, he, during the, you know, the depression and all, he stood in that line and dropped that money back after a couple of fights and goes, I took this much money for it, I want to put it back in. And they're like, nobody does that. And he goes, it's just how I, I can't live knowing that, you know, I got handouts. I'm paying everybody back. I think I might do that. If somebody forgave my student loan, I think I'd still just hand over and be like, I can't live like that. It's tough. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, it came around to me. If it's like if I had a student loan and all of a sudden this was passed, I'm like, well, there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. The, you should, well, you, you know, could still as a as – a, You could say – you could you write the finance – Yeah, whatever bank that you – had the loan from you know yeah. what i'm still gonna pay it back yeah and maybe there will be some people that do that but i think i would i hate when people pay for stuff i hate it i don't like i don't like oskies i absolutely hate oskies like oh you do this i owe you one or this i hate them i can't and, and that kind of number i don't like it i don't like borrowing i don't like i don't like having to owe. i don't like being in situations where it's like we forgave it like what does that mean who paid for that it's nothing's free, so you have to just realize that nothing just came out of the the money tree and just fell in somebody's lap. And like, we'll just cover that ourselves. Someone brought, brought up the point of financial guy said, you know, it's three hundred billion. It's a good chunk. Is the total forgiveness? He goes, yeah. that's what we're giving. But you understand, the student loan payments have been frozen for two yeah, years since the years. pandemic. He said, that's nine hundred billion. Yeah, it's pretty good. Anyway. It was a big debate here yesterday, and I got to sit in the middle. And I was happy for everybody. I, you know, you paid for your student loan. Take great pride in the fact that you're a decent person. That's what you can do with that. Yep. 
And if you're married, you get another ten, two hundred fifty grand for these people. And then uh, uh, if you if you get your student loan uh, forgiven, good job. I if you ain't if you ain't screwing with the system, you ain't trying. So either way, everybody's a winner. But I did, boy, boy, am I a sucker? Pops around the corner. I'm like, why? Well, I paid my student loan. Like, yeah, that is kind of dumb when you think about it. But yeah, it's uh, well, it's the world we live in now. The world we live in now also includes uh, telling George Foreman 50 years later he's a rapist. And then people are like, we got to take that seriously. George Foreman is now the latest great icon of our past that is being charged with uh, uh, sex with minors back in 1975. Not minors, underground minors. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that too. Maybe they'll come out of the woodwork. But some eight-year-old girl, evidently, when George was uh, 18, would hang around her. And then by the time he was 24... She's 14, 15, he started having sex with her. And now she's saying from 8 to 14, she was being groomed by George Foreman. She, her dad was one of George's advisors. And you have to remember that George Foreman wasn't the brightest. Like, he isn't the George Foreman you know today. He was, uh, yeah. he was what they used to call country strong and a country dumb. Like, George Foreman was not the brightest guy in the world, so he's hanging around people who are 10, 12 years old. He probably was about 10, 12 years old mentally because they just stuffed him in a ring uh, right off of like a farm and said, fight. And he, d- he didn't know how to communicate with anybody. And then uh, and also back in the 70s, having sex with teenagers was like the greatest thing in cinema history. Like they loved showing that on TV. So it was a different time. But by today's standards, sex with a 15-year-old when you're 24 is terrible. Uh, back then, it was called my grandparents. <laughs> My grandma was 16 when she married my grandpa, who was 27. They got married. It wasn't like a big deal. He groomed her all right. Probably didn't groom her like today's standards. He would have shaved Got her. permission from the parents. I don't even know if that happened. To be honest Most with of the time it did. There, I'm there not so sure that happened with my grandpa. He came back from World War II, found this little sassy lass over at the movie theater he worked at. He was a, a film guy. He ran the projection, the projectionist. She was the candy girl down there. Starts giving her the good ones. And the one rule they had as a couple, we're not going to have kids till we're 18. Well, most so, of them. I'm just I, saying the tradition was I'm going to go ask her father for sure. a hand of marriage. Those are decent people. Of, yeah. my, my grandparents were hillbillies in Indiana. No. Right? They're from <laughs> north of Evansville. Well, this yeah. pugilist it was, was grooming. <laughs> right, right. My, yeah. So was my grandpa. He's yeah. a groomer, but I don't look at him as a rapist. I looked at him as a guy who found a 16-year-old hot, and uh, he was 27 and a man of the world, as best you can be. Coming back from war, he'd been to Australia, New Guinea. He'd been all over Africa. He'd been on the Queen Mary, bouncing around with U-boats. He comes back and tells a 16-year-old the story of what he's done the last few years. She's going to fall for that. He's a handsome bastard, too. Sure enough, the projectionist hammering the candy girl. Not called grooming. Courting. That's what they called that. Oh, you've got yourself quite a man there. A man of the... Oh, a World War II hero. A veteran. Yeah. So she was allowed to marry him, like, immediately. And I, they always told the story that they never did anything. You know, <laughs> 27-year-old guy who's been on... Uh, he was a gentleman, John. <laughs> he was hosing anything <laughs> he could find in Australia, New Guinea, whatever. And then, uh, I mean, the real problems probably happened overseas where he just took a couple savages as his own. My grandpa probably hammered away on a couple of... I don't even know what you call someone from New Guinea, an Italian? One of those down there oh. and just started hammering on that because, you know, 
We were American soldiers. We could do whatever we want. And that Red Cross boat was just full of penicillin. (laughs) The Queen Mary he's on, bouncing back and forth. Uh, They had to pretend to be civilians as military guys on the boat because they were hauling supplies, and they had to make it look like they weren't doing that by putting every civilian on a cruise ship at risk. It was the love boat. All they did was put a turret on it and a guy in a little hat going, we got your back. But what they were doing was hauling bombs yep. all the way up the Atlantic and then putting people. It would be like doing it in a princess cruise today. It's like, did you guys put nukes in there? Yeah, but nobody was supposed to know about it. We had bombs and all sorts of munitions down there, and he was and one that's of why those guys. How dare they sink the Bismarck? He was also humping hard on that boat. That was a four-month ride. <laughs> he was giving it to him. And then he comes home and he bangs a teenager. Yeah, fast forward that uh, to 1970, 21 years later, and there's George Foreman. Sitting there with a 15-year-old going, she's, she's been around a long time. I kind of like her. And they called it grooming, not courting. We could have a farm together. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, you know, closing in on the heavyweight championship at that point. He's 24. He probably had it at one point. The OGR Kelly. Man. <laughs> right. Who knew? I liked Pete Rose's answer when they said to him, you had sex with a 16-year-old girl in 1975. What do you have to say for yourself? And he goes, it was 50 years ago, baby. <laughs> he threw in the baby at the end. He's like, get off my ass. It was 50 years ago, baby. Foreman's fighting hard. He's just denying it, and I don't know how you don't. I don't know what evidence she's got that a lawyer's like, all right, let's do this, outside of just saying George Foreman's got a lot of grill money and uh, some boxing money and some TV money and some spokesperson money and reverse mortgage money. Uh, There's millions uh, to be had here, and if you had sex with him when you were 15 and you were okay with it then, let's not be now. And that's kind of what this looks like to me. Is like, there statute of limitations on this, though? No, I mean, no because you can have repressed memory syndrome. And repressed oh, memory okay. syndrome, if it popped up in your head now, it's like it's brand new again. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Because yeah. if you didn't remember it, then how could you have a statute of limitations until all of a sudden, through uh, psychotherapy and anything else, you have a repressed memory? I used to have sex with George Foreman when I was 15. And then all it takes is another person saying, you know how wrong that is? And make you feel like, holy cow, maybe I was raped. And now you can talk yourself into something bad. I'm not saying that's what happened. Maybe George Foreman's a horrible rapist. But he hasn't shown that in between that girl and now. And w- the one other girl. Yeah, there's another one that popped yeah. up too. So there always has uh, to be a second. Thing. But you're saying, okay, well, if that's a trend, exactly right. right. So yeah. those are the only two that he wanted to have a farm right. with. And-, and Yeah, and Cosby's thing was the people said, well, what about Bill Cosby? That was Bill Cosby, was, it was a reputation he had. that He was doing this and everyone knew it. And it was just a hidden don't touch the king thing. Don't bother Bill Cosby. Like we know what he's doing. He makes everybody a lot of money. Let's just calm down. I don't. Maybe Foreman had the same situation, but from what it sounds like, it was just some down home, like my grandparents, some down home country morons who were okay with that. But where you run into the extended problem on that is similar to what's going down on the uh, SNL deal with Horatio well, Sands, and yeah, because if. That was the fact. And who else was around there when they're, yeah. you know, like his managers? Did they know about this? Well, um, that can they start pointing strange. fingers on that side? Because Horatio Sands was uh, is now being accused with Jimmy Fallon and Lorne Michaels of knowing that there was a 16 year old girl at the SNL after parties Interning. for two years, and uh, and then Horatio Sands had sex with her. Like she, he groomed me, and then uh, you know would do stuff that I didn't want to do. And Jimmy Fallon was helping with it. Lauren Michaels knew about it. And I'm like, well, why were you at, at – where are your parents? I mean, that's a big question for me all the time. It's like, you're 16 at the SNL after parties. And this is post-Chris Farley, 
This is after everybody's like, that yeah. is the craziest party in town. Like, that is a Coke-fueled thing. Where are your folks? And if you don't have folks, you're mentally not 16 anymore, you know? You're like 30, so you're, you're definitely playing a different game if you're at the – I don't want to go. Like, Jim Brewer used to leave the SNL parties because they were too out of control. He told us so long oh, ago. Oh, he had it in his book. In his book, it's like the SNL parties. I didn't drink. I, didn't, I wasn't part of it. Those things were fun until they weren't. And he said, and then it just got out of hand. And then Tracy Morgan would have after-after parties. So you go to the SNL, the, you know, the, the show, after party, and then he'd rent a, another room to have an after-after party. It would go all the way into Sunday. So it was just debauchery. Tracy Morgan at a party, 16-year-olds shouldn't be there. <laughs> Period. If Tracy Morgan, hello, everybody, show business party, let's go where the teenagers at, I'm going in. You're in trouble. If Tracy Morgan, if Tracy Morgan showed up out of the blue right now, I'd be like, all right, guys. I'm going to walk away because something's going to happen in here that's not good. This is, he, is, he is a human. He's human Mexico. Sure, it seems fun, but something terrible is going to happen before this is all over. It's like, you know, I understand when the parents are saying, uh, you know, your uh, daughter's 16 years old. And you're like, go ahead. Go to this concert with your friends. Go ahead. You're interning at SNL. But, you know, I don't want Horatio Sands digits in my daughter at right. 16 years what old time, at the party. That, what you know, time is your like, daughter coming home? If she's 16 and working yeah, how for does that I'm asking you. You've yeah. got a daughter. What time is the curfew for your daughter to get home uh, on, on tape night, on, the, on performance night for Saturday Night Live? Because the show ends at 1 in the morning. What time does she have to be home? I don't even know if she would 1:30, be there. 1.30, Brady. Yeah, yeah, 1.30, 1.30 is the answer if she's 16. Well, the answer would be... Sorry, that's an internship you're not having. Right. Or right, yeah, you, right you can do that too. Time. But if, if it's a big thing and she's been like, wow, she's got For that one? good opportunity. Okay, yeah. You're home at 1.30. I'll, I'll pick you up. I'll, I'll be, be there. there at 1. I'll be there when the show ends. Count on it. You're not going out with Horatio Sands and Tracy Morgan tonight. Sorry, high school junior. And what would her answer be at the time? I'm a lot older than 16, you know. I'm, I'm an old soul. Oh, so you yeah. start pushing that she's more adult and she's more advanced and everything. And that's what the guys are seeing. But Jimmy Fallon might be in big trouble because he was evidently helping uh, Horatio bang he'll a 16 year old. No, he'll skate out of he, it. He better. He will. Because that is ugly. And that's only 20 years ago. If they did that, they'd have to cancel NBC as a network. <laughs> that's true. The whole thing. They'd, they'd have nobody put on every there. show. Yeah. That's true. I think the scary. NBC just goes away. <laughs> oh, man. I think the scariest thing about that is if, you know, this is the one girl from stories that you hear at some of these parties and beforehand, if any of that stuff yeah. starts rolling out. You know, my only regret is I wasn't around and active in the time of the Playboy Mansion and Saturday Night Live good after party. Because right now I don't want to go to an after party with Alex Moffat and Colin Jost. That sounds boring. They're sipping brandies and... Talking Libcock nonsense. This is my father. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, you talk, Brewer's parents came to yeah. a couple things like, yeah. that's why you had to have that after after party. There was the entire cast, and then they hang out there for a little bit, yeah. blah, 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 and then, then it goes well, There's the, the hobnob. Yeah. Then there's the party. Yes. Then there's the after. There's Tracy Morgan's house. <laughs> yeah. It's three layers. We met Tracy Morgan in this building, and he sexually assaulted one of our employees, Sean Rock. Oh, yeah? He came in in a pair of sweatpants. Who's that? Damn. Mm, why don't you come in here? And she was all impressed. Sit on my lap, girl. Mm, that's right. It's getting a little hard, isn't it? And then he pulled his sweatpants down a little bit, and his 
pubic hair was massive and his great quote and we laughed he goes look at that i'm old school like pete rose (laughs) (laughs) he just showed this and we said of all the people pete rose gigantic bush and he pulled it down to the root of his peepee and she was sitting on his lap the whole time you just got pregnant you know that right you're pregnant Congratulations. And she might have been. In those open-toed shoes. Yeah, and then, yeah, he said that to Tara Hitchcock. <laughs> I'm going to get you pregnant with them open-toed shoes on right before they went on the air. And she goes, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. She's going to get pregnant wearing open-toed shoes. I'm just warning the staff. And she pulled, wow. she pulled back. And then I think they came here after. I just tried to do a television interview, and the girl didn't want to be around me because she was going to get pregnant. Tracy, you're not going to get anybody pregnant here, are you? That girl in the hallway looks good. Bring her ass in here. And he got half an erection, according to Sean, and uh, had her on the lap. That guy's not allowed at a party with 16-year-old kids. Ever. And that was probably 2006. Something like that. Seven, maybe. Maybe even before that. Because Sean was gone by then. So. Right in the, right in the, right in the wheelhouse. So. You know, as a cynic, I sit back and go, eh, it's somebody else's fault that a 16-year-old was at a Saturday Night Live after party. I just turned 50. I don't think I'm equipped to be at one of those. I walk by clubs in Vegas and go, ah, I'm not built for that. I'm gonna, that's just trouble. There's bad things are going to happen. I'm in a fist fight with somebody. I don't know. Not good. You watched that, um, I think it was a documentary on Shirley Temple. Oh, no. And it was just, just internet. Uh, I got into a... Wormhole. A huge one about how... Just taking a look at Shirley Temple's career and what it what it was, and it was just advertisements for. I don't even know if you call it child porn, but I mean, you talk about making it okay to look at a six year old as sex. That she was always a uh, like a mascot. Well, she but was beyond. She played an adult hooker, like they did yeah. a, a children's version of uh, a lady who worked at a strip club whorehouse. And Shirley was like the Mae West type of that. And she's uh, taking her clothes off in the dressing room, and there's a little boy in there sitting back, and he's got a smoke. <laughs> he's like seven. <laughs> hey, how you doing? And then she's like, oh. And she covers her six-year-old boobs, and, and, then it's like, and then the guy who was in charge of it all, notorious for just like kid touches. Oh, man. And he was in charge of all, like, all of Hollywood. But all those Shirley Temple movies, are, when you look at them again, you're like, wait a second. This little unattended girl... Is running around in these you know little tiny outfits and uh, getting the attention of very old men, and they were pleased. Ooh, she's showing me a little life here. Look at the legs. <laughs> like she'd walk by and they'd give her those nineteen thirties whistles. Disgusting. It then was a gross. few years later. I got a great idea. Little rascals. We can get tons of kids. <laughs> loads of kids on the set. And, and they had to make those laws. Darla and stuff. Well, the laws were basically for child labor and stuff yeah. and paying them. But they all ended up drunk and killing themselves. Ah, your kids. High five. Boom. Yeah, you get a 14-year-old kid. Can you imagine uh, George Foreman hanging around your house a few days and you're like, I don't think this is a good idea. Hey, champ. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, you might be blinded by the champ part. Hi, Brady. You like hamburgers? Sure well, do. do I, champ? All right. You cook these hamburgers on this grill. I'll be in your daughter's bedroom. All right. Burgers. What was that second part? Oh, champ! Almost done, Brady. Just keep it up. I like mine well done. Uh, uh. All right, champ likes. Thanks for helping her with her math. Champ likes the dark meat. (laughs) I get it. (laughs) 
I have to say this yesterday because Brett would have died laughing. And I think this woman might be the funniest person on TV, and we don't know it. I watch a lot of local news. Uh, Yetta Gibson and Nicole Kreitz, who I just met a couple of days ago, were on uh, uh, Channel 3 yesterday. And uh, they're the anchors. And I, th- I think Yetta Gibson is just like a smoke show. Like She always looks like she just woke up for the thing and, and that sexy sh- head shake. I-, I love her. I've always just tell Brandon, I'm like, man. Yetta looks like she is just like she can't wait to get out of there to just have like the time of her life. She always has those smoky eyes. I think she's great. So yesterday, and I don't know what the joke was, and I'm dying to know. And Ian Schwartz might be listening right now at Channel 3. He might know. Because I know news people are filthy, horrible, like the, 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 the darkest place you'll ever go in news or in the world is a newsroom. Their, their sense of humor is terrible, and I, it's perfect for a guy like me. So they show a picture of uh, that uh, – telescope taking photos of black holes yeah and they had a uh the james webb i think it was a james webb but it's a good one and then it's got sound now oh what a black hole yeah, sound what it sounds like, like. Yeah. and yet a gibson goes and she's an african-american lady she goes you ever wonder what a black hole sounds like and there's this pause and you can't see them and then the both of them start laughing so i think yetta went like with her fingers and pointed down <laughs> And Nicole Christ goes, we'll have the answer to that after this. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what was the joke? Because I know Brett would have been on the Damn floor. It. Yeah, I know. He would have died laughing. <laughs> I think I want to hang out with Yetta Gibson. She seems funny. Like, she laughs at the stories. They're really like, that's terribly stupid. Like, she's like us. She's like, oh, God, that idiot. And then she just moves on to the next one. I, I admire that in my news. You ever want to know what a black hole sounds like? And then she said, and, and when they came back into the store, she's like, this one's so gassy. Another pause. I'm like, you two, will, you, we need a side camera like Peyton and Eli have. Trying to get Nicole to snap. On what the real comments are. <laughs> I have a feeling she gave a two fingers down point when she said that. And Nicole cried. like, oh, Jesus, don't do that. News people are Satan when it comes to jokes. That's, that's the darkest place I've ever been is a newsroom. And they're about to go on, and there's like people dying, and they're joking around. But they're terrible human beings. Like, all right, Channel 15 News, we're ter- terrible deaths. We just ah, made fun of them. About I think five it's a ago. way to deal with. Them. It has to be. All they yeah. do is deal with yeah, bad I news. I don't know if they're they're dark people. Very, very. One of the one of the most awesome places I've ever been was uh, when I filmed that sports stuff for Channel 15 every Sunday for a while with Fooey. and uh, I'd go in there, and that weekend news team. Whew, their desks have terrible jokes on like, uh, like news story headlines, and then they rewrite them, and then uh, just on their cubicles. I'm like, this place is my home. Like, the, I'm I'm in heaven. And people think we're the dark side. Oh no no no, we're the loud ones. They keep it to themselves and they act professional, but they are dark. It may not be anymore because everybody's so safe. But boy, a little bit ago. But I have a feeling. Yeah, that's. Still, you, you, I don't think you'll see that in there. I think yet is a throwback. Because yesterday that joke, I'm like, I know what's going on behind the scenes. And that was hilarious. So big ups to Yetta Gibson and her crew because that's a great joke. Nice job. Especially because Kreitz couldn't hold it together. So there was a point down. Or maybe she did like a lifted cheek like she was farting on Nicole Kreitz. <laughs> you ever want to know what a black hole sounds like? <laughs> we'll tell you after the break. <laughs> like, oh, you bastards. Uh, let's get a wake-up song while you guys uh, figure out how you're going to spend that 10000 you don't need to, to spend anymore. That's pretty good. It's a nice chunk of change. So congratulations for all you folks who rooked the system.
Uh, everybody else with your college degree and your job that doesn't pay that, you know, you busted your ass. That's eh, just another you day. You sent your last payment in this oh, week. Yeah. Wouldn't that suck? I'm paying it. That's I'm a good worst. person. And you, yeah, like let's say you paid it off in July. You finally have that extra 234 bucks a month. You know, this is great. Could have been you 10. You forgive that 10 grand for like, God damn it. I only owed 11. Garbage. Give us that wake-up song, 585-9800. A good one, and we'll scream it together. It's 98KUPD. Wake up! Hey, it's not weird. It's pretty cool, actually. No membership fee. I have heard enough of this. You've been listening to Holmberg's Morning Sickness Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Eric'sFamilyBBQ.com.